When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. I'm your host, Paige Renee. I'm doing another solo episode this week because of my schedule. It is all over the place, and hopefully that's not a disappointment for you. You guys seem to like the last solo episode a lot, but the Q&A is much easier than just talking about topics, so let's see how I can do this week. But we have so many really fun things coming up. Again, just talking about my schedule, last week I was super busy. I went to my first corporate outing since the whole pandemic, and it was so much fun. It was nice to be around people again. Everyone was safe there. I want to make that very clear. You either had to be vaccinated or test negative for COVID. So it was nice to feel comfortable around everyone and get to talk to people and mingle and feel normal again. We were at Wingfoot, which was beautiful. It's one of my favorite courses that I've ever played. I've been lucky enough to play there before. And when I come up for this event, it's a little different. So I don't get to play the course. I get stationed at a par three and I hit shots all day long for everyone who's playing in the corporate outing. And it's usually so much fun. I've, I've done this a lot where I just have to hit shots at a par three, but here's what I normally do. <laughs> I normally will move the tees up a lot before everyone gets there. And so I have, you know, a nice comfortable yardage that I know I can stick my shots all day long because that's what you want to do. These guys are playing in either a scramble or a shamble and they're relying on your shot and you want to hit good shots for them. So it puts a lot of pressure on you, but I know if I have a shorter club in my hand, I can attack the pin and I can help these guys out. Unfortunately, I don't know if any of you have played wing foot before, 
But the par threes on that course are very difficult. I've been on number seven before um, hitting par three shots, and that was that was so much fun. That was great because I had you know like a nice little eight iron in. This year I got stuck on number thirteen. It is a long hole, a very long hole. So it was two hundred to the pin. It's a very long green, fairly narrow, and the pin was back right. And there's almost like shelves. It's very undulating. So when you have the back pin, what's made difficult is if you land it on top, it tends to roll off. If you land it short, it doesn't roll up. And of course, just my luck, there was a <laughs> there's a lot of wind into my face. So a normal 200 shot now turned into a 220 yard shot. And I was between clubs like all day long. I didn't know if I should hit my three hybrid or my three wood. I ended up going with my three wood and choking down on it because I feel more comfortable with that club. And there's something off with my three hybrid. I think I need to look into that because it just doesn't feel right. Have you guys ever felt that before while you're hitting your clubs? All of them feel good, but there's always one club that never really feels right. Before it used to be my five iron, it was because my loft and lie were mixed up. They were not the same as all my others. And my, my three hybrid, I think there's something wrong with that. I will keep you updated on if I find anything, but it just doesn't feel the way that it should. So I had it three woods for these guys. And the hard part was that, again, like I said, they're relying on you to hit a really great shot. And so I'm standing up there, 220, playing into the wind, three wood in hand. You're not hitting a ton of shots either because you hit a shot and then you wait for the next group to come. There's usually big breaks. And so it's not like I'm practicing in between. So I'm so a little cold, don't know what I'm doing. And these guys are like, if you don't hit it great, you can tell they're so disappointed in you. And I don't want to let them down. And my very first group, I hit it to three feet. I absolutely stuck it. I felt so good about myself and I was like, today is going to be a good day. And the guys were so happy and so excited. And then the next group came and I hit both left. And luckily one of them, they were on the green, which really helped me out. But you could tell they were just kind of sad and they wanted to see a good shot and they were excited for this. And I just felt so bad, like I let them down. I had some really good shots throughout that, the time people were coming up. I ended up raining, and so I didn't get to finish it out, which I was bummed out about. But at the same time, I was like, thank goodness I don't have to hit three woods into this green all day long. It was a struggle. There were also some other uh, girls there. So Natalie Golbus, Sierra Brooks, who was an up-and-coming LPGA star, and Belen Mozo. She uh, used to play on tour, and she has a really good social following. Go check out her Instagram. All these girls do, actually. But it's always fun to be around, you know, other girls who have been through what I've been through or ha can relate to the things that, you know, it's just hard sometimes out there. And Natalie Golbus has always been someone who I have looked up to my entire career. I remember watching her play at Cherry Hills in the U.S. Open. And she was wearing this white skirt, white top. She had a ribbon in her hair. And I was like, Mom... I need that outfit and so we went out the next day bought me a very similar outfit and I wore it to the driving range and so she's always been an inspiration to me especially with the career path that she has chosen she 
had the career that I actually wanted to have if I made it on tour. She never shied away from her sexy side. She has made a lot of money and she's so smart too. I think that's something that people don't realize about Natalie is that she is a businesswoman. She is so sharp and so smart and she really thrives in these corporate outings. I've done a couple with her and she is the blueprint on how to do them properly. The way that you interact with other people, how she, she asks people questions constantly. Like she is so nice and so friendly and so engaging in the conversation. And I think that's really rare with a lot of high profile celebrities where when you tend to talk to them, they only will talk about themselves, but she is the opposite. We rode over and a car and I kept trying to ask her questions and she wouldn't even answer them because she just wanted to keep asking me questions and it's so refreshing again she's just been a role model to me my entire career and now to kind of have her as a mentor and someone that I could go to and talk to um it's it's cool how that has turned out and I never expected that being a young girl watching her at the U.S. Open and then years later sitting in a car with her driving to Wingfoot to play a corporate event and she's you know asking me questions like sometimes I have to sit back and think that like wow like this is my life I have to pinch myself and realize how lucky I am because I I I can't believe that this is what I get to do and the people who I've looked up to are now people that I interact with but she is truly so amazing it's such a fun day but I have something even more exciting coming up. So I am going to the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines in San Diego. As you guys know, I went to San Diego State. And since I finished school there, I haven't been back all that often. Most of the time work takes me to L.A. if I'm ever, you know, kind of around that area. And never too much in San Diego. And so I haven't been able to see any of my friends or just go back and just have fun in San Diego. So I'm excited to go back and, you know, visit all the restaurants I used to go to. And I'll be on the beach too for some secret content that I can't tell you guys about yet, but you'll find out very soon, which I think you're really going to enjoy. But I'm going to be there for um, a fair amount of time, which again, it's just gonna be so nice to go back to San Diego and just kind of reminisce on all of my college memories and hopefully I'll be able to see some of my friends because all of my college friends still live in that area. So I'm hoping I can meet up with some of them. But something that's also very different for this event than previous events that I've done is normally when I go to a PGA Tour event, I am never really credentialed if that makes it's kind of weird how all of this works so I will go and I'll work for either like I'll be there on behalf of like the PGA Tour or a sponsor of the tournament and so for example I went to the Genesis and I was there with Genesis doing the media for Genesis and yes I was doing media there but I wasn't media credentialed and so there's a whole different process for that and I've I've never done that before and so this is my very first tournament that I will have a media credential I'm going there for points but I'll be doing the, their social media for them but it's also my first U.S. Open that I've ever been to the only major I have been to uh for men would be the Masters <laughs> so I've been to the Masters twice never been to a PGA 
never open and never a US open. So it'll be fun to go to a US open. And I am honestly surprised that the USGA even credentialed me. I think I have this imposter syndrome that I never feel worthy enough or like I belong or that I deserve to be there. And so it's interesting to now get credentialed and for the first time. So this is like a really, really big deal for me and something that I never thought would happen. But I, I moving on from all of that. Tory Pines, let's just talk about the US Open and preview it a little bit. I love this golf course. I love where it's at. It is such a beautiful place. You have views of the water. I used to, when I was at San Diego State, every Sunday morning, there is a trail right next to the golf course, Tory Pines Trail, and I would hike that every Sunday morning by myself. And I, it's my happy place. It truly is my happy place where I could stay there for hours and just watch the waves. And it's, it brings back so many good memories of being at San Diego. That's my favorite place. But that golf course too, it has the same views and the same feel. And it's a golf course I truly love as well. We had a tournament, a fun exhibition match with, I think it was Yale. And it was SDSU versus Yale, and we did one-on-one -on -one matches. And I ended up shooting five or six under. So I like that golf course. I play well on that golf course. To me, it was really wide open. I felt really comfortable on the tee because I didn't feel like if I missed it, I was going to lose a golf ball. I struggle with desert golf because when you're standing on the tee, you see fairway and it's a wide fairway, but you see desert. So if you miss the fairway, you're not going to find your golf ball. But here at Torrey, you can. <laughs> and the course that I played is vastly different than the course that these guys are going to play at the Open. It's one of those courses that has a huge transformation from public play to when they have... The, their PJ Tour events or the major here. They bring the fairways in, the rough is up, the greens are rock hard, they're so fast. And the golf course that I played, which was to me very easy, now turns into a very, very, very difficult golf course. So I always laugh when guys are like, oh yeah, I shot a 72 when I played there on Sunday in my men's league. And I'm like, mm -mm, those are not the same playing conditions and especially the pin locations too. I don't think people realize how difficult golf can become when you change the pin locations up. Most of the time for public play, they just put them in the center of the greens, nothing too difficult. But for the US Open, you're gonna see them tucked. There's not gonna be too much green to work with. They're, you know, on hills. It's at times like to me, I think public or public play people would be like, oh, this is almost unplayable for these guys. They're like, this is normal for them because they're always being challenged. But again, it's one of my favorite golf courses. I think you're going to look at players, one, who bomb it, who hit a long way, and also who maybe aren't as – I don't think you have to be as accurate off the tee here because it is a little bit more wide open. You can kind of work your way around the golf course differently. It's not as much of a course management type of golf course. It's more of a bomb it golf course. And so with that said, I think someone like a Bryson DeChambeau is going to play really well. Dustin Johnson, who is just coming into his stride now, too. Dustin's a very interesting player where most guys, I would say, if they win a week before or 
have had like decent weeks before. It's not always consistent with how they're going to keep on playing. But I feel like with Dustin, when he wins, he keeps on winning. And that's how he gets his confidence. So he's a guy who can win once and then he'll win again the next week and the next week, which is so interesting and so rare when you think of one player like that they're going to win. It's like, I don't think they're going to win again for a little bit. Like that was such a big thing for them. But with Dustin, he builds off his confidence. You also have to look at Brooks Kepka. He always plays so well in the majors and he just came off of a missed cut, which is funny. And when he was doing his interview, he was like, yeah, whatever. You know, like I just didn't really have the focus and his, philosophy on how he approaches the game is so interesting to me because as athletes we're taught to give your all every single event you play and anytime you step foot on a court a field the golf course whatever it may be you're there to compete and you're there to play but with Brooks it's like he uses these PGA Tour events as practice for the majors and the majors are when it really matters and I've never really had an athlete be so open about about that, you know, about him, you know, being a little bit more relaxed and not caring and using this as practice for majors. It's very, very interesting. But that's why you can never count him out because he just transforms into a completely different player. A lot of people are saying Xander Schauffele is a player you need to watch out for. He also went to San Diego State the same years that I was there and uh, grew up in San Diego, so it's a hometown event for him, which at times could be easier because you feel more comfortable, but at the same time, it's a lot harder because you have friends and family in town. I remember when I would play events and I would have family show up, it put more pressure on you. Obviously, you want to perform for them, you want to do well, you want to win for them, and it's just another extra thing that you're thinking about. Colin Morikawa, another young really great player. People, I don't know if you guys remember, people were calling him the next Tiger Woods after he won the PGA Championship last year. Hasn't really, he's still playing, you know, well, had some wins, but not up to the expectations, I would say, that people were expecting from him. He's a bit of a streaky putter that goes to Tony Fee now, who always tends to play well at Tory, but I just don't feel confident that he is going to get it done on Sunday. Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed is another guy who plays really well at Torrey, and I think that he might be someone you guys to watch out for for the U.S. Open. It's so hard making picks or predictions when it comes to golf because all, these guys are so good, and they're all so good, and you just never know who's going to have the, the, the good stuff, you know, that week. John Rahm, another player that, you know, Everyone's looking out for his one at Torrey. He likes that golf course, but we all know what happened with testing positive at the Memorial. He's finally able to practice now, so that's going to be interesting to see how he reacts and all of that. I, I don't know. I don't know, guys. Who do you think is going to win? Are you excited to watch this tournament? Are you looking forward to it? I think it's going to be so much fun, but we're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we're going to get into some hot topics of the week. Ooh. 
at JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. hot topics of the week and since we were talking about Brooks and Bryson let's talk about them a little bit more and you guys are probably sick of talking about them because they have been leading storylines for weeks now since that video dropped of Brooks being frustrated by Bryson when he walked by and then there was some back and forth on Twitter most recently people were yelling fans were yelling Brooksy at Bryson when he was in golf tournaments and they were saying that Bryson was removing every fan who would yell Brooksy. So Brooks then responded by giving beer to every fan that was kicked out of the memorial. A lot of people felt that this was crossing the line, that it's not good sportsmanship anymore. And so there was a big discussion on social media on if this is good for golf. A lot of people were saying, again, that it's not good for golf because it's a bit classless, it doesn't reflect well on golf, that Brooks is coming off as a bully to Bryson, and that it's just unnecessary media or press, and we don't need this. I, and I think you guys know my stance on this, because I think all press is good press, I think this is great for golf. I think that anytime you have a rivalry or this back and forth that golf is in 
headlines and talked about on TV, that that's good for golf. You're getting new people into the game. But this goes back to why people don't want to grow the game. A lot of people were saying that, yes, okay, fine, this is getting more eyes on the game, more people are getting interested in it, but what's, what does that mean for us golfers who are playing now? That means that tee times are going to be more patched, you're not going to be able to get on the golf course, it's probably going to get more expensive, all of that stuff. And some people were also saying that it's not the type of people that they want playing golf. And this really frustrated me as well because you can't gatekeep what golf is. And I don't like the argument saying that a lower class individual will not act respectful on the golf course, which I think is completely false. I have been at the nicest country clubs in the world with very prominent rich men and they are acting like two-year-olds. They're slow and they're not very good. So having money and status doesn't mean that you're a respectable human being. Having new people into the game doesn't mean that golf is going to be slower or that the quality is going to get lower. You can choose where you play. You, If you want to be a little bit more exclusive, go to country clubs. You can go to country clubs. No one's stopping you. The great thing about golf is there's so many different places you can play. I prefer the dog tracks. Like I prefer going to golf courses where it's like $2, get a large bucket of balls, you know, $10 to play around a golf or nine holes, twilight, twilight price. I like that. I feel more welcome there. I never feel like the people who are playing are disrespectful or damaging the golf course or playing slow it has nothing to do with this is not nothing to do with social class it just has to do with the person itself so I think that argument is stupid I think we do need more people into the game I think we do need more eyes on it a lot of people could now be interested in golf but that doesn't mean it's going to translate into them playing the game of golf I think just more people watching is also a really great thing and people are going to tune into the U.S. Open because they're going to hope that Brooks and Bryson does they get paired together and if they do get paired together in the first two rounds can you imagine how many people are going to watch now that's amazing that is so great you can't tell people you want to grow the game of golf and then get upset when it's not growing in the way that you want it to grow it doesn't work that way you can't do that so that's just my frustration when it comes to this growing the game statement. <laughs> when people say, I want to grow the game, I almost feel like they're just saying they want to grow the game because it sounds good. But whatever, I think this is great for golf. I like their, their back and forth. I think both of them are embracing it, obviously, for the extra money that they're going to be getting at the end of this. So I, I think it's great and they should definitely keep it up. Okay. So this is a funny story. So I was watching the NCAA track championships, national championship, and they were doing the 3,000 meter steeple race. So the steeple race is where they have those, um, where they jump over a like hurdle into the water and they have like little hurdles and it's very difficult. It looks like the hardest event, but I was watching and I, I'm watching this guy from BYU and I'm just staring at him like something's odd about this. So I look down and I figure out, I was like, his nutsack's out. 
his nutsack is literally dangling in the wind. It's just like hanging there, flapping back and forth. And it was funny, but then I thought about it. Because guys will always tell me to cover up. And that there's no equivalent of guys who have been exposed or are trying to show things off. And this made me laugh so hard because I was thinking, I was like, can you imagine if a girl was running and her tit popped out? That would have been all over social media. It would have literally been everywhere. And this guy's ball sack was just like hanging out and no one said anything about it. And I was also thinking too, I was like, okay, if that was a girl and her tip popped out, all of the comments would have been, well, look what she's wearing. She shouldn't be wearing that. Right? Okay. But this guy, he was wearing these itty bitty little shorts, obviously because his nutsack was just hanging out. So obviously he didn't have much coverage and no one said he shouldn't have worn those shorts. I, the double standard. The double standard. I see it all the time where it's like guys do all of this stuff constantly and no one even thinks twice about it. But when it happens to a girl, she's then blamed for what she's wearing and she was just trying to do it for attention. She's just showing her body off and she's not there to actually run. She's just there to like look pretty. But when it happens to a guy, no one thinks anything about it. Isn't that interesting? So I thought that was absolutely hilarious. That made me laugh so hard. I was like, gosh, can you imagine if it was flipped around the other way? So <laughs> uh, anyways, let's get into some T and A to wrap up this episode. So the first question is, do you have a handicap from the men's tees? So I don't really keep my handicap anymore. When I was playing professionally, it was around a plus four, but now I never really put my scores in. I just tell people I'm around a scratch. And when I play, I play anywhere from the forward tees to the back tees. I don't believe in people calling it the women's tees. I don't believe in people calling it the men's tees. I think it's based off of ability and people would have so much more fun playing golf if they just played the appropriate tees. If you're playing back and you're a higher handicap, it's not going to be fun. The courses are set up for your ball to land in certain spots, um, for better approach shots, wider landing areas. And so when you're playing the wrong tees, it really does make the golf course so much harder. Like I said, I, I'll play anywhere. Sometimes if I really want to challenge myself, I'll play from the tips. If I want to have more of a fun round, I play forward. And I think that's really great too to like test yourself. So go forward, see how many birdies you can make. And I think that's really going to expose your weaknesses as well. So I realized that I need to work on my short game or my wedges and like those 40, 50 yard shots when I play from the front tees because that's all the shots you have in for, you know, every single time because you're trying to drive greens and, you know, you have most of the time you should be reaching all the par fives and two. So if you're not going really, really low, you know something's probably up with your short game. And vice versa, if I play from the tips and I'm not hitting any greens, then I know I need to work on my long irons or my woods. And so it really helps your game. And I think you should just move all around and test yourself. But if you're 
playing every single round from the tips and it's not enjoyable, move up a tee box or two. I think it'll be so much fun. I also think that it's difficult because on the first tee, if you're playing with really anyone, there's always that awkward conversation of what tee box should we play from? You know, you know that awkward conversation, it happens all the time. And I think a lot of guys are nervous to say, hey, let's play the whites. When everyone is like, oh, let's let's play the blues, maybe the blues. And you don't want to say you want to play up because then you're like, oh, no, people are going to think I'm not that good of a golfer. And I think you just need to say it. I always notice that the first person's like, let's play this tee box. This, this tee box. Everyone agrees. Every single person agrees. So be that person. If you don't want to play the tips and everyone else is trying to play the tips, be the first one to be like, let's play from the blue tees or let's play from, you know, this tee box. And I'm sure everyone's going to agree and I'm sure everyone's going to be relieved when you don't have to play from the tips. I think sometimes people just get suckered into doing it and they don't actually want to play from there. <laughs> How do I stop pull hooks? So... Giving swing advice is difficult when there is no visual aspect to it and I can't show you the positions that you should be in. And also I think this is different for every single person. You can hit a pull hook multiple ways with how your swing is. I would say the most common way is people when they are at the top, they come, they get quick and they come over the top with a shut club face and so your ball starts left and moves left. And so, and then if you have your club open, that's where people get those over the top slices. And I think a lot of amateurs tend to come over the top, not many error on the side of coming underneath it. So a drill that I really like to do is I put a head cover out in front of my ball on the right side of it, just a little bit ahead of it. And so that way, if I come over the top, I'm going to hit my head cover. And so it really trains your body to come underneath it. Another drill I like to do is I put a alignment stick. You can get them at Home Depot. There's actually places you can just get golf alignment sticks too. If you don't want to go to Home Depot, just type it in in Google and they will show you the way. But I will put an alignment stick on my toe line and that's where I want the ball to go. That's my alignment stick. And then I'll put another stick a couple feet in front of, directly in front of my golf ball. And I try to work it around the stick. And so I have to move my hands more underneath it, more over it, and I have to start it on the right line. I want to start it if I'm trying to hit draws. I don't want to start it left of my stick and move it left. I want to start it right of my stick and move it around. A lot of this comes with just working different shots. When you go to the driving range, you shouldn't just be hitting balls. You need to have the right mindset when you're going there and you need to be working on certain things. And I think a lot of people work on the wrong stuff. If you just work on tempo, that's really gonna help the over the top pull because most of the time people get to the top and they're so anxious to hit the golf ball that they yank it down as hard as they possibly can. And that's where your your right shoulder comes over the over the top and that's where you get those over the top pulls or slices. So you wanna feel like your left shoulder is almost back to the target as long as possible. When I'm at the top of my swing, I feel like my back is to the target and all my hands are just dropping first. So my hands are the first thing to move. My shoulders aren't the first thing to move. And then secondly, it comes down to working different shots. If you are comfortable working different shots, you know your swing and you know your body and you know what the ball is doing. So when you're out on the golf course and you start hitting these shots, 
that are you know moving in a certain way that you don't like you know how to fix it because you've worked enough on the range on hitting different shots so it all just comes down to practice practicing right you don't have to be out there for five hours you can get this done in 20 minutes and people just don't know how to practice correctly to get better in a efficient and quick way next question is what health fitness workouts and nutrition regimens do you follow so this has been interesting for me because I have tried multiple things in the last couple of years. I noticed once I got over 25 that my metabolism wasn't working as well as it used to and I could bounce back really quickly so I could eat badly for a week or so and then if I felt, you know, a little bit more plump, then I could just work out eat right and in two days I would feel pretty much back to the way that I used to. Now that's not so much the case. I definitely have struggled with my weight over the years. I have been very strict with diets. I was counting macros. I was working out a ton. I definitely at one point had an eating disorder at San Diego State because I was so strict with what I was eating and it was taking over my life. And I got very, very skinny. At my lowest, I was 115. I'm 5'7". I should never be 115. And now I am 140. And I'm not truly happy with my body now. I wish I could lean up. But I think I'm just getting comfortable in the fact that to be a healthy weight, this is the weight that I'm at. And I'm eating right. I, I don't deprive myself, but... I eat very cleanly for the most part. I don't follow a strict diet one way or the other, or I don't try to eat, you know, a certain way, like keto or vegetarian or vegan. Tried pescatarian for a little bit, but I felt malnourished a little bit. I felt like I needed more meat in my diet. So now I just eat basically whatever I want, but I try to eat mostly vegetables, salads, um, get all of the main food groups in there. I've been doing intermittent fasting, so I eat from 10 to 6. That has also helped. I think sometimes at night when I am just bored or need something to do, I would tend to eat. And doing the intermittent fasting has really helped that. And I don't feel as guilty if I do have a bigger meal because I know that I'm doing this. It's just finding what works for your body and what works for you. When it comes to my workouts... I was doing more circuit training before. Now I've been lifting a little bit heavier. I realize that if I want to get curves and a booty that you do need to lift pretty heavy and you also need to eat. You can't build muscle without eating. So I, it's just hard. It's hard when you, you know, are constantly looking at girls on social media and seeing their perfect bodies and I want to look like that and I want to feel the way that they do and most of the time, I have to remind myself it's probably Photoshop or plastic surgery um, and that those bodies are not actually achievable. But you do have to eat too. And I realized that if I was at a lower weight, I wouldn't be eating and I wouldn't be healthy. So I, I, I just wish that people would realize that as well. And I do get those comments of people saying that I look fat or heavy or I was going through this weird phase where everyone was telling me that I looked pregnant. Yes. I was getting so many comments on my YouTube videos, Instagram, TikToks that I looked pregnant because I had some bloating um, in my lower stomach and 
people thought I was pregnant. And that was such a one horrible thing to say. Cause I, I know they weren't saying it to be nice or like to congratulate me in a positive way. They were saying it to bring me down and to hurt me. And I think we have all learned that we should probably not tell women or ask women if they're pregnant if they haven't announced it. <laughs> I wish that we have learned that already, but I guess not. But those body shaming comments definitely take a toll on you daily. I, I think about everything and I have some bikini photo shoots coming up and I've been stressing about my body big time, like really, really big time where I would stand in front of the mirror and pick at what I don't like and I've been trying to work out and I've been trying to eat well and I have been, but my body just doesn't look the way that I want it to look and so I'm just trying to come to terms with the fact that I'm getting a little bit older, 28 years old now, and... I want to have curves and I want to feel healthy that this is just what my body's going to look like and I need to let the bad comments, the body shaming comments roll off my back to not let it bother me because my health and my happiness are number one and when I was at my thinnest or when people thought I looked my best, I wasn't happy and I wasn't healthy. That was, I was underweight and that is, that wasn't good for me. This is what's good for me and so I just need to focus on that and my health being the number one priority. And if someone thinks I look pregnant, then so be it because <laughs> I, there's nothing I can do about it. And I know they probably don't have a perfect body either. So I just wish there was more positivity around um, different body types online, especially when it comes to women. It's really difficult to have big boobs and a big butt and a small waist and no cellulite like that is physically impossible unless you have surgery and a lot of these women are getting surgery and they're not owning up to it and so that there's just this vicious cycle that happens right now but I um yeah I think the biggest thing is guys for you out there I know that People don't talk about it enough, but if you guys are struggling with being either being body shamed or worrying about what you look like, I think you just need to focus on your health and your happiness. That's number one. We all know if we're eating right and we're working out and we're doing everything we need to do to help and nourish our bodies. So if you feel like you're doing everything and you feel good and you feel happy, just keep doing what you're doing because it's obviously working. If you're unhappy, then we can make a change and we can do it together. I know that sometimes there's days where I'm just not motivated and the hardest days are the days where I don't want to work out, but I feel so accomplished when I get up and I work out and I, I get it done. So if you ever feel that way where, you know, it's, it's the longer the day goes on, the less like you're going to work out, work out in the morning. Or if you're not a morning person, you know, get it done right before bed because that's a good way to de-stress. So I think once you get in that routine, which is the hardest thing to do, is to get in that routine and to, to motivate yourself to do that, it really does make you happier. Like when it comes to my anxiety, if I'm not working out, my anxiety is terrible, but I can manage it a little bit more because of all of those endorphins that I get after my workout. It does make a big difference, especially with my diet too. I always have to keep that in mind when sometimes when I'm craving something sweet, and it's not, you know, for an aesthetic reason that I'm worried that I'm going to gain weight. It's more for, like, my happiness. Like, I need to make sure that I'm eating healthy to fuel my mind and to make sure that I'm healthy. So maybe change your way you're thinking about it, too. And that's something I'm really actively trying to do is instead of making it, like, a diet and diet culture and, 
you're doing this because you feel bad about yourself, don't think about it in a negative light, think about it in a positive way. I'm doing this because it's gonna make me happier. I'm doing this because it's gonna make me healthier. And I think that's going to really help you as well when you're thinking about it. Because if you, if you do it because you hate yourself, that's not a good reason to do it. You want to do it because you love yourself and you want to treat your body right. So easier said than done. <laughs> I know that for sure. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I can't wait to update you on how my trip to Torrey Pines went. You guys can stay updated as well. I'll be posting on my personal account, on PointsBud account. If you have any questions at all, you guys can reach out to PARIHeartRadio.com or can ask us questions at the Playing Around Instagram account. So a lot of fun stuff coming up. Again, I cannot wait. I have been just trying to do content inside my little baby apartment for all of 2020. So it's exciting to go back out and do my job and give you something different to look at. So I will see you guys again soon. And I can't wait to update you on all of my travels. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.